You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, lively low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, we got a heck of a game to go over. I'm recording this uh, mere minutes after the final out of uh, of Monday's 8-7 to loss. At Comerica Park, the last uh, game played at Comerica Park for 2021. Um, I'm uh, I'm pretty amped up. I'm pretty amped up. I'm not gonna lie to you. So if you uh, if you didn't watch yesterday's game against uh, against the Southsiders, you are missing out on quite a lot. Um, benches cleared. Uh, a f- couple incidents. A few separate ones. Scattered uh, all, all throughout only the the eighth and ninth inning. Uh, nothing in the first seven innings were were honestly pretty boring and pretty bad. Tigers baseball. Uh, then the eighth and ninth happened, and uh, all hell broke loose. So uh, so let's get into it here. We will get to everything. I promise. All the drama. All the everything. Uh, but we still had seven other innings of baseball to go over as well. Okay, so uh, the White Sox. This is a this is a this is a damn good team. This is a team that is uh, going to have to be the team that we. They are. How do I even word this? They are the team that if we want to win the division going forward this decade, uh, we are going to have to get over the hump that is the Chicago White Sox. They are going to be the team to beat. They are going to be. Uh, the the winners of this division for uh, I mean they did win it this year um, and and they will be the favorites for the foreseeable future until someone else knocks them off. Um, Cleveland has a has a C- Cleveland's always going to be around just because of how insane their pitching is. Um, but until they they prove that they're willing to spend money on bats, that's always going to be a shaky situation. Uh, Minnesota is entering a full-fledged rebuild. They are nowhere close to competing. And um, then us, obviously. And then the Royals are, uh, I think I talked about it on last week's, one of last week's shows. But the Royals are are still probably a solid year or two away from uh, from, from being back in contention as well. So it's going to be... It's gonna be uh, they're they're gonna be the team to beat if we want to take another step forward next year and uh, and in 2023. That's 2023 is kind of the year that I feel like everybody has circled, um, and and I think if if you want if you want that to be your truth, uh, that the White Sox are the team that you're gonna have to get over. So um, this is uh, this is certainly not a joke of a team, and um, I'm proud of the boys. Proud of the boys today. For uh, for sticking up for themselves, fighting hard, fighting till the final out like they always do. AJ's boys don't quit. So uh, so that's it was uh, I'm proud I'm proud of the boys in the clubhouse today. I'm proud. I'm proud. Uh, the first seven innings, like I said, was was kind of were kind of brutal to be honest with you. Um, the uh, offensively, not a whole lot going on. 
Uh, we we so we end with seven, and uh, five of those runs would be in the eighth inning. So the first seven innings only scoring uh, two runs. Ninth inning got a, a you know Jamer with the leadoff uh, leadoff single, but but then the next three kind of go down in order. And yeah, we'll talk about all the the umping and and everything that happened, all the drama there uh, at the end of the show. But the actual baseball part of it, Badu. I think Badu looked really solid today, and I know they they pinch hit for him late because of the the lefty thing. Uh, but he goes one for four with a nice RBI. Really, really solid day. I thought his at bats looked pretty good. I, I was I was pretty happy and pleased with how Badu looked today. Daz Cameron would then pinch hit for him when the lefty comes in. I think it was Crochet, um, if I, if I remember correctly. That's who that's when he got pinch hit for, uh, and and Daz Cameron would draw a walk. Good on him. The uh, I'm still very far from convinced that Daz Cameron is is major league caliber yet, but uh, but but everybody knows I love my walks. Jonathan Scope two for four with two RBIs and uh, a, a big a big fly deep fly to left field on a ball that was like at his chin. Ball was way way over uh, his over the strike zone rather, and uh, yeah, just a absolutely ridiculous ball to to go yard on especially in Comerica to be honest with you but but we ball but we ball he had, he had a good day at the office um Robbie Grossman one for five at Robbie's a pro even when he even if he went over like his at-bats are always good you know he's the dude's just a pro Miggy Miguel Cabrera two for four baby two for four I believe he's 14 away from 3k with six games left that's a really steep order. <laughs> it's a really steep order to ask him to get it this season. That's that's uh, that's over two hits a game for the rest of the year. I don't, I'm not sure that's quite within reach, but but the dude is is incredible. So if anybody could do it, it, it would be him. Uh, but uh, but I'm I'm more focused on on him getting it. I think we start next season on like a six or seven day road stand. Uh, so I think people are kind of worried that he's going to end this season like like six away and then you know get it like four games into next season or five games into next season when we're on the road before we even get home and uh so and and AJ Hinch even talked about it today he was like look I'm not benching Miguel Carrera to to start off the the season (laughs) so so I think some people are uh are a little nervous about that a little nervous about the potential of him uh, getting a little too close this year and then starting off next season, getting it like uh, the first games of the season when they're on the road. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. It'd be awesome if he hit it like, you know, like home opener. That'd be electric though, you know? That'd be a, that'd be a really fun way to start off the year. All right. Uh, Zach Short then had an at-bat. He swung on a 2-0 count in the eighth when we had all that momentum and a man on third. And and uh, first and third, and and on a two zero count at a ball at his letters, he he swung and and popped out. I, I don't understand him swinging there at all. It actually made me really upset. Uh, Zach Short has a ton of work to do at the plate if he wants to be a major league player. He, he's shown flashes of being able to be solid defensively in the in the infield, uh, really everywhere in the infield except first. Uh, and I, and I do like how he works counts. He, he does draw a decent amount of walks, which I love, but it, I mean, if it's not a walk, it's not a hit. Uh, I mean, the dude is, has really 
struggled this season at the major league level at the plate. So we got a lot of work to do for him still. Jamer, uh, Jamer batting fifth this game uh, would go one for three with two walks. He is uh, easily the player of the game. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. He his at bats were were unbelievable. I know he didn't drive in any of the runs, but uh, I, I mean he he was he was phenomenal. If you're just going at bat by at bat, he he was absolutely incredible today. Isak Paredes, uh, 0 for 3, but does draw a walk and was just a, a millimeter away on the bat, probably, from, uh, from, from winning that game, honestly, in the ninth, because he had the ability to, to go yard there. He really did. And I, I honestly, off the bat, I kind of thought he was. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I kind of, oh, oh, you know, I... I was uh, I was excited off the bat and and like I said if he if he even gets under it just a little bit more that ball is that ball is still traveling and we're uh, we're celebrating a walk off but it didn't uh, Eric Haas two for five with two ribbies look if you throw Eric Haas fastballs in the strike zone he will take advantage of it the problem is like every other pitch you could possibly throw to him um, he he still is a free swinger. Is not he goes up there with the intention of hitting doesn't go up there with the intention of drawing a walk um, which have have been my reservations about him really this entire season and going into next season but uh, it, it again if you throw him power stuff in the zone you, like more times than not he's he's gonna win that battle which is which is a good start to a developmental process it's just then at the end of the game there, Taking the taking the big hack on a slider that was really nowhere close to the strike zone, and that's a tough pitch. But that slider low and away is is has been his by far his biggest weakness all season. Um, Nico Goodrum heard me talking smack the other day, and uh, and and came out and, and balled out. had a had a pretty darn good game. Um, one for three with the two RBI triple, two walks, a solid defensive short-ish. Uh, had a bad flip and a bad throw, but neither of them cost us out, so I guess I'll, I'll take it. Um, and then, yeah, he was the center for, for some of the controversy we'll get into later. Um, twice, actually. So, uh, so, yeah, Nico had the spotlight on him a lot today and, and came through, so good on him. And then Willie Castro goes one for four. And plays some of the worst defensive left field I've ever seen. Okay. Let's get into uh, the pitching. And then we'll get into the drama, baby. First, though, got to talk to y'all about our friends over at Get Upside. Tigers fans, I have an incredible app for everyone who buys gas. It's all you got to do. Buy gas. It's an incredible app you can take advantage of. Get Upside. My listeners are already making $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code BASEBALL to get a 50% a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two, even $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can 
cash out at any time to your bank account, your PayPal, an e-gift card, Amazon, other brands, whatever. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code BASEBALL. Get up to a $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code BASEBALL at GetUpside. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. Um, we are uh, we are we are going into the pitching. I promise we'll get to the drama. I'm still very very amped up and trying not to not to lose my cool. I'm going to take the the first two segments to to have a nice little breather, calm down with myself, and uh, and yeah. And then, and then we'll then we'll get to it. And I'll probably just rile myself back up again. Gonna have to go take a run after this after this recording. But we ball, baby. We ball. Because Detroit got Detroit back. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Okay. My my Twitter is a disaster right now. My phone is blowing up uh, because we ain't take we ain't taking none of that talk from the South Side, man. We ain't taking none of it. Just like the players did. Like I said, I'm proud of the boys today. All right. Pitching, uh, we're gonna say Manning for last, I guess. I, I mean, to like to be honest with you, like, oh no, there's some st- okay. We're gonna save Manning for last. Brian Garcia, one and two thirds, three hits, no runs, no walks, uh, no Ks. The thing is, Brian Garcia came into this game and did give up runs. They were just counted to Matt Manning. Brian Garcia is not good, dog. That's really like all there is to it. Uh, like, like he's, like he's not that good. So not too much more to say on him. We'll we'll just move on. He he can induce swing and misses. Um, his, his stuff is not that good. The velocity is not good enough to to. The stuff isn't good enough to induce weak contact, and he can't get swings and misses. Does not a great recipe for success. Uh, Ian Kroll. Would also not have a very good day at the office. Gave up a, a, a long ball as well. Two innings, two hits, two runs, two walks, one strikeout. Ian Kroll has been a, a, a honestly a really nice little storyline to this year that will probably get overlooked. That uh, that we can talk about a little bit more in the off season when we see what the team decides to do with him long term. But um, really, not, I, I mean, he's been pretty respectable. A lefty out of the pen with a an after today a four six seven ERA. Obviously, it was lower than that coming into today. Really, not a bad. Not a not a bad year for the for the guy. I, I, heck of a heck of a comeback story. Heck of a turnaround uh, in his career. Then you know, so so more power to him. Not a not gonna lose sleep over today's performance by any means. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens to him uh, going forward, Wh- whether that's with us or not. Uh, I'm interested to see whether something tells me after this year he, he's not gonna take another. You know, four-year break or whatever from uh, from Major League Baseball. I think he might have uh, might have impressed enough, and lefty arms are always something nice to have. I'm interesting to see. Jason Foley then comes in, looks really, really sharp, really sharp. One inning, one hit, no runs, no walks, no Ks. Uh, his stuff dances, man. If if he can get the command down a little bit better, his uh, he he can be a really solid reliever for this team for a long time. And then Alex Lang, one inning, one hit. No runs, no walks, no strikeouts, and infamously, one hit by pitch. Uh, Alex Lang 
continues to do Alex Lang things when he's not walking people on four pitches or plunking people. He is uh, he is he is doing really well. <laughs> he's got nasty stuff, man. For real, some of the best stuff in this entire bullpen. And I feel like I just repeat myself every time I bring him up, so I'm not going to get too hung up on him. But uh, yeah, I, I really like Alex Lang a lot. Um, he also handled himself beautifully in the post game with all that crap that went on. Uh, he, he said all the right things, handled himself really well. Um, so, so big props to Alex Lang for just how he handled the entire situation that was the Detroit Tigers versus the Chicago White Sox today. All right, let's end on Matt Manning and then we can get into all the juicy stuff and the drama and I can get myself my heart rate back up after I spent the last 20 minutes lowering it. Uh, Matt Manning, three and a third, four hits, six runs, all of them earned, five walks, and three strikeouts. Uh, this was not a good Matt Manning day. Not not even remotely. Not even, uh, not even a little bit, unfortunately. Um, the... Uh, so there's a few things. One, the command was atrocious today. That's, that's like... The, the biggest thing was the command was horrid. Um, he, it, it's so weird. It's so weird because throughout this season, we've seen him be weird with the strikeouts. And then we've seen him, you know, give up a lot of hard contact, which he certainly did again today. But, but walks was usually something that he had remotely under control. Didn't wasn't walking too many people. He walked five people in three and a third. And I, at least two of them off the top of my my head were on four pitches. Not I, I mean missing the glove by a ton a ton. And so that that's the first thing. That's the first I don't want to call anything alarming this young into a professional career, but that was the first thing that stands out to you. Okay? The command was horrid. Then, we go into the stuff. The breaking ball has potential to be really good. And it, it, and it was solid today. There was he, he hung a couple because his command was horrid. But the actual stuff, as far as movement, was pretty fine. His fastball is a massive question mark. It's a massive question mark. This guy, at the lower level of the minors, we were told mid-high 90s. We saw mid-high 90s. Like 96, 97, 95 to 97, I'd say. Usually around that range. Then in AAA this year, the velocity is 92-93 consistently. He comes up to the bigs. The velocity doesn't change. And then like once every fifth or sixth start for no reason that's comprehensible. For like an inning and a half, he'll pump 97 again. And then the next start will go back to 92-93. The movement of his fastball is obviously significantly better when the velocity is higher. 
I think we might have a, a problem if his velocity stays in that 92 to 93 range. I think it's too straight of a fastball at that velocity. And especially, even more so, when you aren't confident or don't even have a third pitch. Which he's very much struggling with right now as well. Basically, what I'm saying is there is still a lot of development left for Matthew Manning. I would not guarantee him to be on the opening day roster next year. Likely, probably still. Now, I'm not saying the it, it's 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 not, I'm not saying he's definitely not either. But I would not shock me if a rough spring and a lack of velo coming into camp um Hinch tells him to go back down. Would not shock me, okay? It's just really strange. The fastball velocity situation is really, really, really strange. And it continues to be strange. Hopefully, development will take over. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll take some strides in the offseason. If he can be consistently... I don't even need consistent 97 or whatever. If he can just consistently be in that mid-90s, you know, 94 to 96 range, I'll be pretty content. But I'm I'm really not sure that he's going to be able to get away with, even when his command is on point, with 92 to 93 heat with little movement and a curveball that he sometimes has a good feel of and a changeup he throws like three times a game. I'm not sure that's really a, a repertoire of long-term starting success at the major league level. So definitely something to keep an eye on for next season. All right, let's get into the drama. Let's get into it, baby. Uh, first, we're going to take our last break here, talk to you all about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams plan to go on another run this football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college action. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests at BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. But online is the fastest and easiest way to put on all of your favorite sports. But online, your online sportsbook experts. And lastly, got to talk to you all about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. It is impossible. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using rockauto. 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore the easy to use website today and you find their, your solution to your auto parts needs at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on the how did you hear about us box so they know that we 
send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you fast forwarded to this <laughs> this segment, welcome to Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. I'm really not going to spend like half an hour on this, um, but it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So for those who did not watch the game and all the antics surrounding it, um, the Detroit Tigers in the bottom of the eighth inning, going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Okay, we had seven innings of very boring, bland baseball from the Tigers' perspective. We go into the bottom of the eighth. Tigers are down eight to two heading into that frame, um, and uh, the Tigers put up a five a five spot, five piece. Zach Short swings on 0-2 or 2-0 for some reason and ends the inning. Uh, a, a very frustrated Scott Bentley yells at Zach Short through his television, and, uh, and and we head into the top of the ninth. Okay, top of the ninth. It's an eight-seven game. We've clawed all the way back. AJ's boys don't quit. And on an 0-2 count to Jose Abreu. It is an 0-2 count after the Detroit Tigers just put up a five spot to make this game a one-run game and not a blowout at home in the last home game of the season. An 0-2 count where the coaching staff has all admitted their scouting report on Jose Abreu. It's ridiculous that that players being soft has now resulted in us revealing our scouting report on people to prove that we are not at fault when it should just be common sense that fastball up and in is what we do to Jose Abreu on 0-2 count. Hinch admitted it. Lang admitted it. Okay? 0-2 count. Alex Lang, a fastball, very much gets away from him. Very much hits Jose Abreu directly in the elbow. I'm sure it hurt like an MFer. I have no doubt. That is not a fun place to get hit. Especially not by a mid-90s fastball. Also, Jose Abreu has been hit well over 20 times this baseball season. I'm sure that is very annoying. And I'm sure that that the 23rd or whatever time that I got hit by a fastball in the arm, I'd probably be pretty pissed too. Fully, fully, fully understand that. But to think... For, for the thought to even cross your mind for a millisecond that that is even remotely in any universe intentional is some of the most preposterous, ridiculous, and asinine thoughts that you could possibly think of. It is honestly embarrassing It is embarrassing if you think that that is even a sliver of, has a sliver of intent in it. Truly embarrassing. I am embarrassed for you. 
if you think that it is even rem- that that was even a, a half of a percent intentional. Because that's truly how wrong you are and how dumb you sound. Okay? Moving on. The White Sox bench starts chirping. You know what? We'll, we'll even give you a, a somewhat of a pass on that. Because again, they're, they're reigning MVP, who's there from most accounts, seems to be one of the most vocal people in the clubhouse, one of the leaders of the clubhouse, has been hit a lot of times this season and just got hit again. And you just blew a six-run lead in half an inning. So, I'll even give you a pass. I'd probably chirp a little bit too. In the heat of the moment, competitiveness, taking over, sure. Okay? Alex Lang, after the game, says, I didn't care. That's baseball. We're competitors. I hit one of their best players. It's going to happen. So, nobody cares about that either. Then... A ground ball is hit. No, actually, it wasn't even a ground ball. A a ball bounces in the dirt. Eric Haas keeps it somewhat in front of him, has to run over to the left. Jose Abreu tries to steal. Eric Haas hoses him down. He's called out. And Jose Abreu, objectively, not subjectively, objectively, slides ridiculously late. Like, alarmingly late. You can slide past the bag all you want. That is very much allowed, very much within your doing, to slide past the base. Absolutely. Nico did not prevent him from sliding past the base. After the tag was made, moved his left leg after he was straddling the bag and moved it out of the way. The thing is, you started sliding... About six inches before the base. That is objectively too late. And really, I'm not sure how anyone on God's green earth is supposed to interpret you literally starting your slide as you're on top of the bag as I just got hit. I'm still very upset about it. So I'm going to try to take out the dude who's at second base. I'm really not sure how it's possible to interpret that any other way. Again, if he started sliding five feet before the bag and then just slid past it, that, hey, again, you're allowed to slide past the bag, man. More power to you. Okay? You ran hard. Good on you. Big ups, buddy. But you didn't. There's a screenshot. A still shot. If you watch the video and are somehow like, there's no way. He's wrong. There's a still shot of him almost upright. Less than a step away from the bag. That is inherently dirty. And we can argue all day about What's actually dirty, what's not, nitpicking, whatever. It, we, we can even eliminate that word from the vocabulary. The only way someone is going to interpret that is with bad intentions. Which is stupid 
Because no one is trying to hit you on purpose. Even a little bit. It is preposterous to think that he was hit on purpose. I am really struggling to, to find an interpretation of him starting to go down a, a step before the bag as not a, a blatantly late slide with bad intentions. He pops up. Nico has some words to say. Jose has some words to say. They go at it. Bench is completely clear. There's a lot of pushing and shoving and grabbing. I don't think any punches were actually thrown. But it wasn't a, a lack of contact contact either. There's plenty of, uh, of grabbing jerseys and, and pushing. Plenty of that. So um, it, it, it was not a... It, it was not one of those, the bench is clear, and then like we all just stare at each other either. Like, like there was some pushing and shoving going on, but I don't, I don't think any punches were thrown either. So, that happens. The brouhaha calms down. Both teams are assessed warnings, obviously, as they should have been. And uh, Hinch and LaRusa get at it a little bit. Because Tony's old school and I'm sure he wanted a shot back even though they technically hit our dude first. Which also was in no way, shape, or form intentional. No person that got hit by a pitch tonight was even remotely intentional. It was all so stupid. So stupid. For no reason. And then we get to the bottom of the ninth. And the Tigers have the winning, the tying run on base and the winning run at the plate. And one of the best closers in baseball this year comes out. All-star game closer, Liam Hendricks. I, I, I like watching him pitch a lot. He's awesome. Uh, he screams after the final out. I, I Honestly, I don't care. Go for it. I, I love emotion. I love that. Uh, also, I, I, I personally, I don't think any... I think 0% of that screaming was directed at the Detroit Baseball Tigers. I, I, I've watched Liam Hendricks pitch a lot this year. And he does that rather often to pretty much every team he gets a save against. So... To, uh, I, I completely, that, that is not part of, of any of this in my eyes. I, I don't think Liam Hendricks had any role in anything. I think he just gets pumped up. He, he's, a, he's an awesome dude, uh, an energetic, colorful, colorful man. And uh, I, I fully support, honestly, that kind of screaming and bat flips and that kind of stuff. I love it. I love emotion in the game. So none of that bothered me even, even remotely. The umpiring crew. You don't eject anyone. Zero people are ejected from this game. And no one should have been ejected from the Tigers. How Jose Ubreu continued to play is kind of interesting. I'm not going to say it's like it's like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen, certainly, because he did not charge the mound. He didn't even say anything, actually, after he initially got hit. 
He, he kind of just threw the bat aside and was clearly upset, but, but didn't talk to Lang in that moment. But the you can't... It, I challenge any non-White Sox fan or non-Tigers fan, we can just take both biases out of it, to watch that slide and try and convince anyone who also doesn't have bias in it, that it's not a late slide that could result in some in some some bad things. So, Nico Goodrum's up. There's two outs. He's the go-ahead run. Candy's on first. He's the tying run. And two of the most egregious strike calls you will ever see. Both happened back to back to to end the inning. He it was a four pitch strikeout. One of them was a strike, and it was like almost right down the middle. Then there's a ball like at least two to four inches off the outside of the plate, and then there's the the, the ball on the inside of the plate that is even more egregious and even more inches inside and not even remotely a strike so you don't eject anyone you give warnings to both sides sure then on top of that i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna sit here and say that that they just wanted to de-escalate the situation and uh, and and just you know wanted to 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 go home and get out of there and, and make the fight go away. I'm not even gonna say that. Cause I think that that's that's a massive leap that I do not want to put out there as my opinion. All I'm saying is it's a pretty tough look when the White Sox start a benches clearing altercation, I'll call it, because brawl is probably a little dramatic. A benches clearing altercation for zero reason. Objectively, zero reason. The hit was not intentional. And the only other thing that happened was a dirty slide by your player. That And that somehow resulted in the White Sox a benches clearing altercation where the White Sox feel like they're the victim. Okay? All I'm saying is, when that hole happens, nobody's tossed. Fine, you just want to give warnings. Sure, we're in the ninth. Let's just get through the game. Fine. Then you end the game on that. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. I said I wasn't going to go on for a long time, but I, I knew that I was going to get emotional again and get fired up, uh, and and I rambled. So hope I tried to articulate this as best as I could. Um, hopefully, hopefully I did that, and I'm done talking about it for until Friday at least. <laughs> How about that? I'm done talking about it until we play them Friday because Keuchel already came out and said that if he was pitching Friday, he'd retaliate. Go for it, buddy. 
Go for it. Yeah, do that. Do that. When you're right about to to make your your second playoff appearance in the last 15 years or whatever, your first division title in over a decade, definitely start some crap that's going to recall that's going to result in a brawl with punches being thrown. And players injured. That's a fantastic idea. Definitely do that, dog. Because guess what? The team you're doing it against ain't got nothing else to play for in a week. So you do that and see 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 what happens. You do that and let me know after the weekend series how that how that worked out for you. I can't wait. Can't wait. All right. I'm gonna go for a nice brisk walk. In the evening, as the sun is is uh, is starting to, to to go down a little bit. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I got some great feedback about possible segments to do uh, this off season. If you have any more ideas, I'm going to keep saying this at the end of every show until the season's over, so we make sure we cover all of our listeners. Keep giving me ideas. Keep giving me ideas, dog. I love them. I love them. I got a whole notes thing. It's beautiful. Okay. So, so I love those. Thank you guys for listening to me. Thank you guys for having my back when, uh, when White Sox Twitter rolls around and, and is all up in my stuff. My, my listeners are, you all are really the best for real. I had a lot of people, uh, a lot of people by my side there when, uh, when White Sox Twitter was somehow trying to justify their actions today. So. Just remember, I will say this as well. It's not the White Sox fans' fault either. They are fans of the team. They have no control over how the players act. Just the same as us. I will end on that. I spread peace and love. I end every show with it. Peace and love, going to therapy's dope. And uh, and I will catch y'all Tomorrow. Oh, the road to 500 also. Um, Obviously a loss today. We need to win out. Need to win out to go 500. It's not that ridiculous. Six games in a row? We've done it before, baby. Let's ride. All right, peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Yeah, hopefully tomorrow will be a little less less dramatic. but, uh, But we ride. Go Tigers, baby.